0: What pairs well with a perfectly roasted turkey, mashed potatoes, and cranberry in a can? We're not talking about wine. We're talking about Teek's Black Friday sale. If you've been holding off on investing in one of our signature programs, communication templates, or one of our juicy masterclasses, you are not going to want to miss this sale. We've made it easy for you. All the sale items have been consolidated into one sales page for easy shopping. We have never discounted seven figure sales or our agency expansion academy. And this is your chance to get 20% off of the courses that can genuinely change your business. If you've been wanting to streamline your systems before 2024, our communication templates are where you are going to want to start. In response to the biggest request we've ever heard, we have recently launched a non-TravelJoy generic CRM version as well as an updated TravelJoy version so you can convert these templates into any CRM or platform. As for our masterclasses, they are going away forever. If you are looking to implement boundaries, up your proposal game, get a roadmap for maximizing FAMS, or you're just starting your career and wanna know what to do next, these masterclasses are for you. Lastly, our destination masterclasses are being retired too snag 20% off our popular Italy 1.0 or 2.0 masterclass, or get knowledgeable on the Cycladic islands and top African destinations. Don't forget to use code BLACKFRIDAY to get 20% off. Skip the doorbusters, the long lines, and invest in yourself, your future, and your business with the Teak Black Friday sale from November 20th through 27th. The link is in the show notes. I am so excited about today's episode. I am joined by Crowher Murphy, the owner and managing director of Crafted Ireland. When we decided to cover the topic of working with a DMC, my mind immediately went to Crowher for a multitude of reasons, but specifically Crafted Ireland. I feel confident that as you listen, it will become evident as to why I chose him to specifically speak with as the quintessential example of a specialized destination management company. Proher lives in Ireland, has an immense pride for his country, and has established, and I will say it, an unrivaled partnership and network with suppliers that provide once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from T. We're
1: obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of.
0: With Robin's background in sales and marketing
1: and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional,
0: we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins.
1: We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business.
0: Welcome, Proverb. We're so happy. Hi, Jennifer. You. Can you shed a bit of light on your background in the hospitality industry and Crafted Ireland?
2: Well, I started in the hospitality industry as a tour driver and guide way, way back in the last century, 1990, 1990. and I did that for six years and found that there were so many different problems that we were constantly trying to solve for clients on a daily basis that I decided to set up my own company. So I did that in 1996 and we I had a business partner at the time and we set up a company called Custom Ireland, which was initially a leisure DMC, but we quickly morphed into becoming a mice DMC for meetings and incentives and events. And that continued on until about 2013 when I met Rebecca Dixon as one of our clients. She was on a fam trip and we talked and I had this inclination to set up in the Ultralux leisure market and we launched Crafted Ireland in 2014. So we have two brands. One is Mice, which is 27 years in business, and one is Leisure, with the backing of 27 years and more experience, but in operation since 2014.
0: And you, we were just talking before this started recording, and Crafted Ireland specifically has seen such amazing growth over the past couple of years specifically, and I I really attribute that to all of the effort that you put forth in making those fam trips. So, I mean, I could gush over my experience in Ireland all day long. I won't because that would that would go far past our our time here. But anyone on the Crafted Ireland fam or has experienced Ireland through your eyes has definitely come away with some once-in-a-lifetime experiences.
2: <laughs> well, the idea was when, when traditionally speaking, fams are, are budgeted to come in as cheaply as possible, but while also showing... Some of the experiences that we can provide for the clients. We decided when we started doing our fams that we wanted a fam to be the fam to get on in the world. We wanted the Crafted Island fam to be the top fam ever. So we put a lot of money into it and we get all of the best suppliers to partake and we invite the best agents and we videotape the fam as well and we put forward our, our, our videos every year. So yeah, we, we take pride that our fams are the best fams in the world. But it also showcases Ireland that all of our clients, when they see the video, you can do this in any one trip. You can have everything you see as a, as a trip to Ireland, and it, it is an exceptional experience.
0: So We're talking yeah. helicopters, private lunches. I mean, there was nothing held back. Dinner in the room where the constitution was written, I mean, that's just is fantastic. So
2: And they're, all, they're on our website. So if you want to have a look at com, you'll see... Jennifer on one of our videos
0: <laughs> and, uh, and our
2: latest video is also there as well. So yeah, it's, it's, These it's fun to watch. These videos are
0: so impeccably done.
2: Yeah, I think the whole idea of the video was to give an intimate kind of view of what we, what we do for when we're creating our tours for our clients. Um, it's not a promotional video as such, like you see... Tour sports do. This is a very intimate showcase of Irish products and, and our suppliers and the dinners, the food, the, the transport options, the videography is amazing. The, you know, the drone footage to, to showcase what we have in Ireland. Ireland has never really, it hasn't been classed as an adventure destination, but it it really is a very adventurous destination. You know, you can do pretty much anything. That's what we try to bring across in our videos.
0: They're very fun to watch. You're being taken along in the journey, which is the whole point. You're experiencing it in this very authentic way from people that are experiencing Ireland potentially for the first time, or at least with crafted Ireland for the first time. So before we get into really what a DMC does from your perspective and how they can create a very different approach to experiencing a destination, can you elaborate on a destination management company specifically for those who may have not worked intimately with a DMC before, or they've been hesitant to because they're piecing things together. What is, from your perspective, what is the DMC and what led you specifically to feel like this was the best solution for experiencing Ireland?
2: Well, the DMC is exactly what it says, you know, in the acronym, it's a destination management company. It, it manages all aspects of the destination from when the clients arrive into Ireland to when they depart. Our job is to ensure that everything runs smoothly. Everything has a nice flow to it. Our expertise in knowing all of our suppliers and, and finding the supplier that we may not know. Our, our expertise is is finding those people that make a client trip experiential. We say like, you know, we have connections everywhere. I and mean, if we don't have, know somebody that can get the job done, we know somebody who does. So it's all about, uh, all about connections. That's what a DMC, in my mind, really is all about. The basics of a DMC. Transportation, booking hotels, booking restaurants, uh, booking shows, sightseeing, and the general activities that go on during a trip to Ireland are really the basics of what a DMC should offer, regardless of how big they are, or how small they are, how new they are. I suppose where a DMC like C- Crafted Ireland comes into play is is actually the connections, being able to find uh, new suppliers that are not even maybe a tourism supplier. They may be a supplier from a different sector of of Irish life. So we we use quite often bespoke jewelers. We use uh, people who are not in the agriculture. There might be farmers who might showcase what they do in their land, biodiversity, sustainability, anything like that, that might have an interest for the client. So before we even tackle an itinerary, we find out who the client is, what their interests are, what their personalities are like, And then we align them with people in Ireland who may have the same interests or may have something to offer that those clients might be really interested. in. So it's all about aligning people with the product. That's what it is. There's a lot of
0: psychology that goes into it. These initial intake calls, and this is something we could even dive into too, is like, what do you want us to be asking on an intake call as a DMC? Because there is this psychological matchmaking for properties, experiences, pace, it's not just about budget. It's not just about star quality. It's really about matching, like you said, someone's genu- genuine interests to what they're experiencing in the destination because we should still be ourselves on vacation, but like our best selves. To me, I'm like, I want to be my myself upgraded on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But specifically something that you touched on that I think is a perfect example of a destination management company leveraging those experiences for these very intimate, authentic peeks into Irish life is we went to the Aran Islands and we had a seaweed farmer give us a beautiful lunch and it was this very private experience but it's not a hospitality experience that's not his normal life i mean when we used the bathroom we used his home as you know where we went to the bathroom so it it's you have created this network of suppliers and i Believe that is the intention behind a destination management company. You created this destination of suppliers that goes beyond hospitality and thinks in an unconventional way and peels back the curtain to life authentically in the destination.
2: Yeah, it's exactly that. Um, some of our our clients have the opportunity to meet, for instance, Nigel O'Reilly, one of our master jewelers. Or he's a creator of some absolutely beautiful jewelry. It's mostly commissioned work, so therefore it's not a product you can buy off the shelf. Most of his work goes to it's at Sotheby's or it's it's for private clients. He's actually in New York at the moment. Rebecca told me, and he's he's uh, showcasing some of his products there. But Nigel is somebody we met by chance, and he's such a creative genius. And for those special clients who want something commissioned or bespoke for for a special occasion like an anniversary or a, or even an engagement. He comes to the hotel and he showcases what he does. And then he starts to work on building this beautiful masterpiece jewelry. And he's taken it over to New York himself personally to present to the clients, you know, so not everybody has a budget for that. But at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a contact that we have and it's a contact we're only likely to share with those people who we know can afford it. First of all, because we don't want to be wasting Nigel's time, but he has come to our fan trips and he's showcased what his products uh, are like. But it doesn't have to be ultra-luck spending. It could be just matching a guide with the client. The guide might have a specific personality or a specific expertise. And if that client is interested in that, or we know that the client's personality might match, it might be gregarious, it might be funny, it might be serious. The client is tired. We don't want somebody who's going to take them on a hike that's that's going to wear them out within the first half an hour. We want somebody who's able to, without making a 100 phone calls, read the situation and react to the situation in a timely manner and in a manner that doesn't kind of cause any friction. So we're, we're constantly on, on for changing itineraries if there's a, an issue or if there's a, whether something's canceled or if the client wants to do something even more than what's on the itinerary, we'll make a phone call, call the guide and they can create something amazing within half an hour's notice. You know, It's what we do. Uh, we're always on call and always there to enhance the, the product.
0: So you just touched on something that I think is really interesting and we'll get to this a little bit more. You mentioned budget. We're going to circle back to that. But specifically, you just mentioned creativity, I think, is essentially what it boils down to. And to me, that is probably the most obvious tenant of a DMC that I was looking for, is if I'm looking for something really unique, bespoke, creative, that is not going to be found on Google or not accessible by a typical civilian, to me, that is something that is really what a DMC, specifically, I think Crafted Ireland does this very well, is perfect for.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have what I would... And Rebecca also, and many of our clients would state, we have the best team in Ireland. We have the best team a DMC could wish for. We're hiring new staff all the time. We've just hired another new staff member and it's looking good for the future. The creativity is really important, but you can't be overly creative if the client isn't looking for, for like our job as a DMC is to, is to read the client and to ask the right questions. Ireland is a small place. So getting non Googleable. Experiences is very difficult. What we do is we, we have some that are non Googleable, but everything to a certain point is Googleable. So what we try to do is even if it's a Googleable product, we make it, we make it extra special, but it's, it doesn't have to be super creative in the sense that you have to spend $10,000 to to get an experience. It can be a very simple experience. It's all about matching the guide. It's all about using the time we have and using our brains to, to kind of make this experience a little bit less touristy and a little bit more special for the client. Some of those come at a very high cost. Some are quite easy to do, but it's all about connections. It's all about finding the right person to talk to and getting the right person to do the job, which will give those clients that experience of a lifetime.
0: You know, I feel like so many, now this is Ireland specific, this isn't necessarily in the broad strokes topic of DMCs, but I feel like so many people really think they can do a self-drive trip through Ireland. I know your philosophy on that and the reason that that philosophy challenged me is because it doesn't fit every client and some people truly are independent. And I think it sounds like you guys are leaning in a way that allows for more flexibility for that. So I'll let you elaborate on that. But I really did respect that as a destination management company, you are being a steward of the destination and you are protecting the experience of the client. And When you do it on your own. So say someone's not using an advisor, right? When you do it on your own, or if the advisor doesn't know enough about the path, if their client is self driving, they can easily miss these very pivotal experiences. And then it becomes about getting from place to place rather than having this meandering romanticized experience of, you know, going through the countryside. I had clients completely miss their sheep herding experience because I didn't know the destination. I had not been to Ireland yet. I didn't know the destination. The directions weren't necessarily clear on where to stop. So feel free to elaborate on specifically how as a DMC, you feel like you can advocate for the client experience by pushing back on an advisor when, when their client may say something, or at least educate the advisor so that they can guide that client better.
2: It's been a long road. We, when we initially launched crafted out and we did do self drives and our you know five star rating was being affected by oh, the fact that the only complaints we were getting were from the initial car hire experience you know when you go into the car hire terminal in Dublin Airport or Shannon we all know what car hire lines and 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 uh, booking a car hire and, and actually getting the car itself can can do to your your experience when you're land in a country. Right. It's Especially very when frustrating. You're
0: jet lagged. <laughs>
2: yeah, and and the car isn't the right car. It doesn't have the sat nav. It's 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 not automatic like most Americans like to drive. But we just decided to save our own rating and our mental well being. We decided not to do self drives anymore. But you're right. There's quite a lot of people who are independent. It doesn't mean that they're looking for a cheap tour to Ireland or, or a budget tour. They're looking for an ultra-lux experience, but they want the, the independence of driving themselves. So we've listened to our suppliers, we've listened to our our agents, and we've decided that we're going to launch a series of self-drive itineraries, which will be predetermined by us. So it's not so much a, a totally independent um, self-drive itinerary. So that I'm is all about...
0: changing the way that logistics are done. Like, you know, if I'm just to give a parallel, if I'm going to be in Italy, I don't want to just drive from point A to point B. I want to stop at a winery on the way, stretch my legs. I want to make an experience out of the logistics. And I do really appreciate that that was the intention behind, you know, not self-driving. But yeah. Like you said, the, the goal of a DMC is to psychologically match, make people to the best possible experience. And even though, you know, you're protecting their experience in a way of saying no self-drive, now you're flexing to say, well, if that's what defines your best possible experience, who are we to say that you can't have that? We're just going to make sure that you're maximizing that opportunity by with this predetermined route. Yeah. So you just touched on this a little bit, but one of the biggest pushbacks I get when I say to an advisor, oh, this sounds like the perfect opportunity for this DMC. They're like, well, I like piecing this together because I I have a lot of thoughts on this because I'm like, you can't know everything that a DMC knows about a destination. There's no way that if a transfer cancels on you, your Black Lane book, that's not to say anything bad about Black Lane, but your Black Lane book transfer cancels on you. You don't have an alternate backup that you just have in your back pocket like a DMC would. So to those that are kind of maybe hesitant to trust in the delivery of an itinerary, how do you feel like an advisor can develop that trust with you as a DMC? How do you feel like that's developed over time? So there's mutual respect between the relationship because that's important on your end as well. Like you need to do your job to the best of your ability and the advisor needs to trust you to deliver that. And how can an advisor trust you back? So how do you recommend someone to initiate and then cultivate this trust with a DMC?
2: (sighs) Uh, Well, it's we would just ask them to trust us. It, it, trust goes a long way and it's a two-way street. So there's a lot of, we, we do meet agents who we meet for the first time. Like yourself, we gel. The first thing I would say to them is that, yes, you're right. We have the little black book. We have the, the supplier list that is enviable. We can get you whatever you want. But you're right about when something goes wrong. And and I think a DMC is worth its metal when things go wrong. It could be due to weather, it could be due to supplier shortfall, it could be due to during COVID, for instance, or when we came out of COVID. there is still is a huge lack of driver guides, quality driver guides in Ireland. There's a huge lack of quality vehicles in Ireland. So we use the very best suppliers. We've been using them for years. We know the very best driver guides, but even for us, 2022 was a huge, huge uh, logistical nightmare basically when we were getting requests in last minute requests in May for June travel, we couldn't get the drivers and we wouldn't quote for anything unless we had the actual name of the driver and the vehicle type in place. So we did turn away a lot of business because we couldn't guarantee it. But even so, some of our, we had one or two tours where we were let down and we were able to find a replacement within, you know, an hour. That's very important is is when things go wrong, the DMC is there to, they have your back and they will make sure that the client gets what they wanted without any disruption. It's like the swan swimming. You see the beauty at the top of the water, but you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It is hectic at times. That's what a good DMC is there for, is to manage expectations, ensure that the client never knows that anything has gone wrong. And if it is going wrong and it is not fixable, or if it is outside of everybody's control, the DMC is there to make sure that an alternative or recompense is, is, is paid. So it might be, you know, we'll book a dinner in a really nice restaurant, we'll pay for that, we'll, we'll send a bottle of wine to the room, we'll upgrade them at hotels, or we'll simply give them their money back for a certain element of the tour that we couldn't make work. That is normally due to weather. It's normally due to helicopter not being able to fly or the seas being too high where they can't get onto the islands. But we will always have an alternative. We never let a client standing still, you know, so you need a good DNC. So that's I would say.
0: Especially a luxury client to me, it's not worth the liability. Frankly, I want my clients to know that I have friends in high places. Right? Like as an advisor, I think that only adds value to your service suite to be able to say, "Oh, my premium partner in Ireland, my premium partner, my preferred partner, whatever you want to call them, in a destination." It adds. I think it adds clout for sure. Whereas there are some advisors that the philosophy is like, I want my client to think that, you know, it all comes from me. And I can, I can respect that. I think there's, you know, two sides to every coin, but I think that saying, Oh, I have this established relationship with Kroher. I've seen Ireland with him. I've experienced this product firsthand. I know that he specifically selects drivers being able to speak to the partner to me, only adds to the luxury. And I do believe that having an emergency number is a non-negotiable for any luxury advisor. I think that you as the emergency point of contact is too risky. When you have a certain level of volume, you're not able, if if there's an entire American Airlines outage, you're not able to have the call with all of these different hotels at one time, but you are able to send you a WhatsApp message, send you know, the other DMC that they're working for Malta, you're able to multitask in a much better way. You're able to protect your piece as an advisor when you work with a DMC, because there are times I am sure that your clients slash mutual clients with an advisor have needed flexibility in their itinerary. You did it. And the advisor probably never even knew. Maybe they knew in the review. But you've been able to make adaptations. And I think that's the ultimate luxury is the flexibility that a DMC provides. And I do think that that is almost a definition of luxury is the adaptability to a client's needs.
2: I agree. You've answered the question yourself there, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. It's, it's all about, it's all about being available. Nobody can be available twenty four seven, but it's all, all about being available, being on top of things. We talk to our drivers every evening after the tour day finishes and we ask them to give us a synopsis of what the experiences were like, what was the reaction of the clients, is there anything that we should look at for future days of the itinerary that might have something similar that they either loved or did not like. A DMC should spot either the warning signs or those little signs that they can elevate their game. Without even being asked to create something really, really special for a client. It doesn't have to cost a fortune. And, you know, sometimes we add in things that we take care of ourselves. We take it out of our own budget because we know this is something special. And we know the agent is is coming back to us again and again. And we want that business and we want to make sure that their clients are treated royally. So that's why we're in business, I guess. It's the feeling again. Yeah, that's why people come back to you time and time again. Yeah. So
0: you just mentioned something and it made me curious. <laughs> if this is not something you want to answer, we do not have to include this. There's a new partnership in town. It's as magical as sunsets and catamaran cruises, turn down service and champagne, patience and clear communication from a client. <laughs> Let us tell you about Solstice Collective. Tik is no longer in the website game and Solstice Collective is the perfect match to our branding services. Solstice Collective is a website and social media firm that has roots in the travel industry, so they get it. If you're looking to showcase your beautiful brand on a new website or through well-executed social media strategies, check out Solstice Collective. They offer a seamless experience with an efficient turnaround time, so you can start marketing your travel services sooner than later. To get $250 off of your initial service commitment, head on over to the link in the show notes for the Teak and Solstice Collective special offer. Sometimes clients... Can be difficult if you feel like their difficulty is out of line. It's not based on a certain standard that they're seeking. You know, they're just maybe being unkind to the driver or their expectations are misaligned with a reality of the terrain or something like that. Is that something that you would share with an advisor so that they could see those red flags earlier on in the client relationship? Because I would want to know that.
2: I don't know if you devised that question just for me, but if you know me at all, you will know that absolutely, yes, I will be the first person to red flag this. And in fact, if it went so far as to if they were so rude, I would be the first person to tell them to their face. So if a client is, is not a nice person and is rude. Or is derogatory, or is uh, downright insulting to either our drivers, our staff, or anybody on the road that we we care for as a supplier. We will certainly call out that uh, behaviour to the agent, and we'll ask for direction. And if direction isn't forthcoming, and if it continues, we will call out the client themselves, and we will basically tell them that they'll have to up their game if they want to stay in, in our in our care. Uh, we haven't had to do it yet. Well, we have actually. I lie. We I we did have to do it. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Before it gets to a booking. So yeah. I've had this conversation, and I'm I'm happy to say this because there was just a difficult situation, and it was client driven, and those things happen. But I will say I I can vouch. And again, this question was not devised for this podcast, but it just reminded me of a situation that we had a discussion previously when. I spoke with Rebecca and she was like, listen, this is what's going on. This is what needs to be managed in order for us to move forward in a positive way. And when you take on a client, I think the message here from this little blip of the audio is that when you take on a client, it is reflective of your brand and you are passing that client onto a partner that you have a really positive relationship with. So it is in your best interest to make very discerning choices up front in who you choose to keep company with when it comes to clients, because there could come a time if you keep collecting the referrals of this person that thinks that behaving that way is perfectly appropriate, you create a network of that same mentality and now your favorite partners are not going to work with you. And I'm not saying that has happened, but I'm just saying that is a potential situation that someone could get into if they're not being discerning and really being a steward and an advocate For their partners in the destination.
2: If you attract a certain amount of, a certain type of client, you will keep attracting that client unless you make a change, unless you're, but we also rely on our suppliers to, to tell us if there's an issue. 99.99% of our our clients and our agents are of the, they're at the very highest end of the scale in terms of their personalities and trustworthiness. We do get, everybody gets that client from hell. There is a client from hell um, (laughs) out there and... If we have had our our full uh, fill of those people, then I'm happy. There might be another one next next week or next year, but <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, and I think it's because of our questionnaire that we send out to our agents at the start of every process, where we find out who the client is, what makes them tick, what's their interests, their personalities, where they travelled before, how long have they been your client, you know, this these kind of things. New clients. If if the agent feels good about them, we're happy to to feel good about them as ourselves. So, I I am intolerant of of bad behavior. I'm intolerant of people who abuse their station, and I'm intolerant of people who are rude to people who are only trying to make a living and doing their very best. Sometimes sometimes we don't want people who I won't say we don't want them, but sometimes we have to kind of stand up for ourselves. You know, even though so we I have to say
0: that for all not just for for crafted, but for all DMCs that have declined an inquiry. Like I, I want to say as an advisor, there's this moment of like, what? But I have business for you. But the point is that if it's not aligned with the DMC, or if they see a red flag, just like we say no to clients, or should, frankly, if, if you're not saying no to clients, then you're probably kind of just in a grind constantly. But if you're saying yes to everyone, you're not able to create the level of consistency that a business wants to uphold. And Teak, we're all about brand identity and target audience. And it is okay when a business says, no, this d- doesn't align with my target audience. This isn't within the brand standards that we want. And you mentioned this for hotels, like you're only going to work within a certain portfolio of hotels because you know that they can deliver the level of service That you want to put forward. And I would challenge advisors to think in the same way. If this client, if I can't give them the level that I would be proud of putting forward, then I probably shouldn't take this inquiry because I only want to work with my preferred vendors that I know I can stand behind the product because I don't want to be getting the phone call at 3am because I had to piecemeal it together because I was uncertain or a DMC said no to the inquiry. That's my next question to you When do you feel like it is not a fit for a DMC as a whole? And you can speak obviously personal experience on this, but if maybe someone should piecemeal it together or someone should use a wholesaler, because again, being aware of your target audience means you're comfortable deflecting certain business.
2: Well, I suppose, firstly, let me say that just previously there, we're talking about the client from hell, if you like. Thankfully, most of us and anybody listening to this would not have experienced that. And if you have, you've only experienced it once in your life and you're happy to let that slide. So we are, when I say, when we say no to some clients, it's unusual. We like to say yes. We like to say yes to our clients. We like to say yes to our agents. We'll say yes to pretty much everything as long as it's not destructive of the environment or if it's anything to do with hunting or killing anything, we will say no immediately. We have a very strong. That's a hard line for us but when we're not a fit it might be for a myriad of reasons if the client is only looking for piecemeal services so they're looking for a transfer here and a transfer there or a day trip we we tend not to do it unless it's a, it's a long-standing client and it's a client we know very well and it's a it's a very out of the ordinary request. Um, if it's being booked by another DMC or if it's being booked by another wholesaler we will not get involved our brand integrity and our brand quality, is extremely important to us. And if we put our name down to an itinerary that has elements that are booked by other people or other companies, we cannot with all the best goodwill in the world, we can't get involved. So yeah, and and if a if an agent or a client has a specific idea of what they want to do and see in Ireland that doesn't align with our brand or doesn't align with our, you know, conceptions of, of what Ireland should be like, we would probably decline. So those are the only reasons why we would decline or we say it's not a fit. Budget is obviously a big one. So we do not book three-star or B&Bs. We can't stand over the quality of, now there are some fine three-star and B&Bs in Ireland, but we just cannot manage the expectations in that sector. We will only use four-star hotels if it's four-star hotels that we actually know very well. And we've been there and we know the owners and we know the DOSs. But for the most part, it's five-star. So... Budget is a very big one for us. We like to ask, and I know it's a tough question to ask agents, what's the budget? But what we want to know is what do we offer? Uh, how high elaborate or how creative can we get and showcase Ireland in a way that comes in under budget or at budget, but is going to blow the clients away. If they tell us truthfully what their budget is, we will give them an amazing itinerary. If we feel that the budget is too low for us to do exactly what they're looking for, we'll tell them that also. Uh, so, What about yeah, that's- turnaround
0: time? To me, that's where I see a lot of people maybe piecemealing or jumping to a prepackaged or a wholesaler where they're like, I need a fast turnaround time. I need a more transactional take. And I I mean, there's sacrifices in that, obviously. We're aware of that. What are your thoughts on turnaround time? Even let's say the, the budget is quite luxurious and allows for a lot of could have been creativity, <laughs> but it's it's a really fast turnaround. Do you feel like that's still aligned with working with a, a DMC? And I guess there everything has a price a little bit, but what are your thoughts in general?
2: Um, I suppose turnaround time for us, I can't speak for other DMCs, but for us, our team is growing. But even when we're under pressure, we will always acknowledge an email on receipt. So we'll tell them we got it, We're we're able to do it or we're not able to do it. We're not going to hold people to ransom for two or three weeks and then go back to them and say, listen, we can't do this. Uh, we would always try to accept, unless they're, again, like there are red flags for a of reasons. It could be the fact that Ireland is at capacity. We're at capacity. We can't get a driver. We can't get a vehicle. But primarily speaking, we are really are reliant on our, our suppliers to come back to us because we check everything before we send out an itinerary. We will never send out a sample itinerary because... The vast majority of the options on those sample itineraries might be for, well, the itinerary is created for somebody else, first of all, and it doesn't align with the personality that we're dealing with right now. But secondly, the many of the options might be unavailable. They might be sold out. They might be, you know, the hotels might be. You don't want someone to
0: fall in love with the property and then.
2: Exactly. And then you can't go to a dare manor or a bad start to the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So same day acknowledgement with the overnight, you know, the time difference, it might be the next day that the agent gets an email back to say we've received it because it might have come in at 3 o'clock in the morning. Again, we we'll never quote unless we know it's available. We're at the mercy of the suppliers. But for the most part, this time of the year, we can turn around an itinerary within 48 to 72 hours. I mean, if, if the clients come back to us, if all the stars align, we can get in touch with the, the suppliers, the hotels are there, the guides come back to us, we can have an itinerary to the agent with full pricing within, I would say, within a week. I think think
0: that's an amazing thing. And that's obviously you're speaking for, for crafted Ireland and that's, you know, you mentioned that in peak 2023, that was not the case. It was three weeks. And that I would say was probably a normal turnaround time we were hearing worldwide at that time for even like Japan, Italy, like everyone was in this surge of travel and there was a lot of frustration, frankly, on the advisor side But realistically, there was probably a lot of frustration on your side, too. Not anything that could be solved. It's just there wasn't the bandwidth of these individual providers to respond quickly. And we have to remember, just like advisors are one person, they're their own business. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing for many of these providers that are providing tours in the destination. So I think it's easy to forget that. And it's easy to forget to have grace and to accumulate that overall frustration
2: I always say to my team, you have to understand. And it it works both ways. So we're under pressure. We're constantly being sought to give an immediate answer. And our team, we have seven uh, wonderful travel designers they're all doing work for different agents and they, are, they all have their own agents or the, or the agents have their own favorites and they work with that person continuously. But I always tell them when we're getting emails or when you get frustrated that somebody isn't coming back to you or that somebody's pushing you, even though you've told them a day ago that it'll be a week before you can get an answer, that the advisors are already under pressure from the client. The client might be one of 10 that they're working on in different parts of the world. It's not just Ireland. The suppliers are under pressure because it's been an increasingly demanding industry, and people are looking for to travel to to different destinations. So we're exploding. Many of our suppliers are already at breaking point. Some of them are already full for twenty twenty four. In not just hotels, this is visitor experiences, etc. We all have to take a step back and just take a deep breath and just chill out and let it work hard. But you can't blame the next person for the inability to give an answer to the the person behind it.
0: I think the moral of that story is just remaining human and that remembering the entire supply chain of hospitality is reliant on someone else. We always think like, oh, well, the DMC should, you know, they're going to have all the answers. They can just turn it around faster. But we forget all of the other details that are so manual and are Honestly, the catalyst as to why we're working with a DMC in the first place is because it is this incredibly human experience. So when you are looking for a human experience, remember to stay human in that. And honestly, the magic can't happen without your suppliers. So if you start to beat up on your suppliers in this very impatient way, the end result is not, it's never going to be in your favor. I just think that sometimes. We feel this and uh, we say this in our social media. Sometimes we become as a supplier f- from the teak side. Sometimes we become a punching bag for all the frustrations that someone is feeling in their business. I have nothing to do with us. So it's so interesting because it doesn't flow the other way. It doesn't go towards the clients. It only goes like towards the suppliers. And a lot of the time the frustration is actually from the client. So. I say this to you because I know that you remain human. I know you'll have the honest conversations if things go off the tracks. Remain human. Be honest with each other. Be patient and be kind. I appreciate that you mentioned the kind of the animal treatment because I think that a large part of selecting a DMC is selecting uh, anytime you're working with any kind of supplier or business, you pick those businesses based off of how your values align with them, ultimately. And to me, that's, I'm very anti animal entertainment. And so as soon as you said that to me, I'm like, I love that. That's a, it's a a value of sustainability and respect for the land. It's not always about turnaround time. Sometimes it's about the humans behind it. And it really is this marriage of all of the aspects of selecting a supplier, but it's not just about turnaround time, budget, star quality. It's also a lot of the times about the humans and the values that they uphold and the consistency and how they deliver. So that's what I wanted to say.
2: A lot of the time, it's not maybe even the fact that they're overly busy, uh, our suppliers. Sometimes they're they're on holidays. Sometimes they're a big operation. One of our biggest suppliers in Dublin, it's a an event a space. They have a shortage of staff. They ca- just can't hire, you know. So if one person goes on vacation, then you have to wait until that person comes back. So I suppose the moral of the story is... Book in advance. Don't be going. Yes, that is time. the
0: moral of the story. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think Give us time on to something. work our
2: magic. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> you just touched on something that there are cultural norms at play. You know, I think it's so American, this sense of urgency, and it's, it's, it's hospitality plus American. There's this kind of perfect storm that happens a lot of the time. But it, it's no secret that the rest of the world tends to get a little bit more time off in traditional roles. I'm not going to say in hospitality because that's it's very more seasonal based for a lot of the rest of the world. But we have this limited PTO mindset in America and this hustle culture that is very relevant right now. It's also if you're working with other destinations and you're looking to showcase these destinations and the beauty of them, they are beautiful because of the different way they do things. So we have to be respectful of those cultural norms. And sometimes that means that the entire month of August, a business is closed or XYZ. So I want to say, because this is something we didn't touch on, but it's kind of a beef of mine is that a lot of the time advisors don't know what they don't know. And particularly when it comes to these extra luxury touches, like you mentioned, There's no way for an advisor to go to a DMC and say, and I want expedited entry into the country with the Platinum Lounge because I know that, car hire is crazy or the customs line in Dublin is crazy, whatever it may be. And, and that's, I'm saying this more conceptually than literally, but what can you say to the advisors? I mean, I again, you touched on this with the creativity, but if someone is not giving you this directive of like sprinkling in these luxury touches or the go ahead, because they just don't know the possibilities, how can someone, when they approach a DMC about an inquiry, articulate that they want not just that level of service, but maybe they want a little bit of splurge along the way that makes the difference. Again, it's not this ultra luxury itinerary. Let's for the sake of this, say like it's a mid-range itinerary, but they just want it to be the most beautiful possible experience. And they might be willing to pay for that platinum lounge or whatever that the equivalent of that is, but we need to know about it to even ask about it. So how does someone broach that without actually having to have experienced that in person?
2: Well, for the Platinum Services Lounge at Dublin Airport, we include that in all our itineraries. It is one of the things we, we feel is worth the value. It just, like we said, it sets the tone. If they're heading on to Dublin or if, if we feel that they, they need to move on out of Dublin and then finish in Dublin at the last, because Dublin Airport from the city is only 20 minutes, you know, early morning flight on a Saturday or Sunday. It's, it's easy to get to. It. So if, if Dublin is a must, which it's most often is because of the flights. But you can come into Shannon as well, which is down the West Coast. We tend to use platinum services on all of our itineraries, but we always try to be as creative as possible within the budget. Even if it is a very budget orientated tour, we will try to inc- include certain elements on Ireland uh, in the itinerary that are special and unique. And maybe they're only special unique to that client. Maybe they're only special unique because we found out something in our 20 questions that we asked of you, the agent, about the client that ticked a box that we said, right, okay, they need to be in this part of Ireland and they need to see this. And we include certain things that we think people might enjoy. Even if it goes a little bit beyond the budget, we might make changes in other parts of the attorney to compensate for that. And we try to showcase the very best of what you can do in Ireland. But look, Ireland is expensive. Ireland is not a cheap destination. Everything is getting more expensive Throughout the world, we all know that our prices internally haven't changed since pre-COVID. We're sucking up a lot of the extra costs and on, on staff and electricity and insurance and all that kind of stuff. Just to give an idea, our insurance in Ireland, our insurance, our public liability insurance has gone up 450% since 2020. It is crazy. The cost of running vehicles in Ireland are diesel and petrol costs. It's like 10 bucks a gallon, you know? It brings so context about,
0: to the price. It does, you know? yeah, And it I does. think that when people understand the why behind markups, I, I'm really glad you shared that because a lot of people just get frustrated and they think, you know, a DMC might be pulling the wool over their eyes. And it's like, no, absolutely not. There's a cost to business everywhere. Yes, people have to make a living. That's fair. And that's why you're working with someone in a business. But there are also these costs that we know nothing about, and it's really context that that allows us to understand why things may be priced that way.
2: yeah, you have to understand that apart from our marketing schedule and the cost of that, our staffing our electricity, our insurance, our building our office you know traveling to to meet hotels, everything we do has exponentially increased since since 2019, which we all thought was a very expensive time to be in Ireland. But now we're, we're looking at even the hotels talking about raising their, their prices again, 6 or 8% for next year, already from a very, very high base. And this is all because Ireland is very busy and Italy is very busy and France and Greece is very busy and they will not reduce their prices until they see some sort of a lull. We don't want to yeah, see why a lull, would but yeah, exactly. May it came while the sun shines. That's the that's the term we use in Ireland. But for a DMC, we have to grapple with everything that comes at us. Every time we turn on the coffee machine, and every time we have to hire a new staff member, our our emails, our antivirus, and our technology is gone through the roof. Everybody is now is talking about if you get hit with a with a ransomware attack it could stifle your business. You're gone. So we have to invest huge sums of money into protecting our technical environment. And we want you
0: to because you have all the credit card
2: information. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. We never take, I, I suppose I should probably tell you what we do and what we don't do. So as a DMC, so we are very much in tune with what's going on in the world. And we're very much in tune with, we're taking people's money and we're using it for their good but we are very responsible. So when we make a booking, we make a booking with the agent's name on the booking for the hotel. So the agent knows where that the hotel knows where it's coming from. They know that it's, you know, the next time they see you at Virtuoso a week that you gave a booking or 10 bookings or 20 bookings to us via Crafted Ireland. We book at the bar rate, which means you get your Virtuoso or, or your signature or your other amenities that you're allowed. We break down the hotel costs so you can see and we give you 10% commission on the hotel at the bar rate. So you'll, you'll get your commission. You'll get, the, you're the named agent on the booking and we manage it. So we have to manage it because our public liability will cover you. And we are seamless in terms of if there's something goes wrong, if the room isn't available, if there's a mistake made by anybody, not blaming anybody, but we're there to sort all that. And if we are not on the booking, if we don't make the booking, we can't deal with those issues. And like I said, a DMC is worth a sweat and gold when something goes wrong. They're the people who are. Tasked with making it right. I'm not a fan of escrow accounts because escrow means that you have a an, a third party who manages the account, and the two the beneficiaries are the DMC and the client themselves, or the agent who gives them the money. That doesn't work for us because escrow means you every time you have to spend money on behalf of the client to book a hotel or to book a service, you have to go through a third party, and who's to know that that third party might not fall into tough times themselves. So what we do is we have a separate client account that is nothing to do with running the company. Uh, All of that money comes in from the agent or from the client directly. And immediately within a week, it's out of our account. It's paying suppliers and it's paying everything. We only look for 25% when we confirm an itinerary. So in the world of business, I think a DMC is the only entity that does work for free until the client is happy. I mean, you can go to a lawyer or a solicitor, and you can ask advice. Do you advice ever see that, that changing? I, as a DMC, a I'd like it question. to change. I'd like it to change where we get paid for the work we do. But there are, you know, like like in the in the legal trade, there are, are solicitors and lawyers, and there are solicitors and lawyers. I mean, some of them are worth their weight in gold. Others are they get money off you, and they they're not very good. You know, you might go to jail if you don't have the right one. DMC. The work we do initially is, I think we're we're good at at kind of, we don't do sample itineraries. So the easy way out is send a sample. Send off a sample and you're sending something out. If it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't, you don't get the business. But we're not like that because we only create itineraries that are customized. So we cannot send a sample itinerary out. So we have to do the work. We have to check the availability and we have to ask the questions. If we don't get the right answers or we don't get the answers that gel with what we're doing or what we want to offer, we might respectively say, we're not able to work with you. But even the 90% of people that we do work with, we have to do the work before we get the okay. And it could be 50-50. We might lose 50% of that business. At at I just feel like,
0: I do feel like there's going to be a turning point in that, mainly because there's been a a very big turning point in advisors collecting fees for the exact same reason. There's a parallel here. They're exactly the same. The reasons are exactly the same. I may be alone in this, but I do foresee that there may be some DMCs in the future that consider that.
2: Well, it's a very tricky one. We have conversations with advisors, obviously, about charging fees. We had one agent who was aghast at the fact that we might charge a fee because we've gone through maybe five or six uh, variations of an itinerary without getting any pay and they were still not booking and we maybe would have mentioned that look the next time we do it we're going to charge a fee and they were aghast at that but they have on their website that they charge a fee from the initial consultation so it's a little bit unfair however like earlier on in the discussion we were talking about when we're not a fit and when we are a fit and the clients that we have the the agents that we have working with us Many of them are working with us on a multiple level. So they're, they're not just one offs. They come to us. There's always a first time they stick. We're very thankful of that sticking process, but you know, we're only as good as our last itinerary. When something goes wrong, if you don't handle it well, you're only as good as, as your last, your last job, basically. So from the point of view of a DMC and charging fees, I think you might enter into a realm of, if if it became norm, this DMC is cheaper. I think you'll, you'll, you'll create an experience where when you're looking at what you think is like for like, and you see a price point, you'll make your decision based on the price point rather than on who exactly is the best fit.
0: So where can advisors find you if they want to learn more about working with Crafted Ireland, as well as any of your other subsidiaries for different areas of business?
2: craftedireland.com dot com is the initial place to find us. You can see the videos with our beautiful models, the <laughs> found trip, yourself included.
0: <laughs> with my uh, with my face exactly like what I just did. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Very showcases. excited to be at Ballyfin with Champagne.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Showcases some of the amazing properties and experiences that we can provide, but that's just a tip of the iceberg. So the videos are a good place to start. Rebecca Dixon, our operations director, she's based in Texas. So she's based in Dallas. So she's in most of America's uh, same time zone. So if you're looking for something immediate or urgent, she's the person to talk to uh, and she will mostly be the person that will gauge the inquiry when it comes in in the first place. Anyway, and she's at Rebecca at CraftedIreland.com. I'm at Kruhur. You'll have to probably spell the name C-R-O-T-H-E-R. Get it off the website. Yeah, get it off the website, CraftedIreland.com. Just one thing about just while I while I have you, you were talking about why Trusted DMC, etc. Marnie Brown's company, Trusted FSE Services, is somewhere you can go to have a chat about all things DMCs. She's she's a really great resource. So Trusted FIT services, they actually take a DMC and they gauge their financial wealth of their financial status. They I gauge have their, heard of this. their status within the yeah, within the industry in the country they're with. So she wants she wants to see letters of recommendation from hotels. She wants to see re- uh, letters from the bank. She wants to see your bank records. She wants to make sure you've got full financial health before you become a member and Crafted Ireland is one of the founding members of trusted FIT services. And this is during COVID. So we were, we have a very strong financial health. Yeah. I
0: really appreciate that you shared that aspect because this podcast episode has brought up a lot of questions that I think people should be asking their DMCs before they go into a relationship with them. The finances being one of them. How does that look on your end? Because we are responsible for. The financial health of our clients in a way. And it is really important for us to ask the business questions first and then the destination questions second, honestly, just as a client should be asking a travel advisor of the business questions first and, and the financial questions after. So I appreciate that. I also want to give props to how you approach new inquiries with this 20 questions that you mentioned we didn't dive into that. And I want to be respectful of that. That was actually intentional because I I believe that that is almost a proprietary situation where you want to keep that as close to the chest as possible. But what I want to say to that is that to any advisor listening, think about the 20 questions that someone would be asking you and take the time to answer them thoroughly because the only way that someone can provide this very curated itinerary is if you take the time on your end, it's almost just this appreciation for the DMC on the other end that's doing all of this manual work and taking the time to go through creating this itinerary for you. If you take the time on the front end to be thorough and be thoughtful and intentional and take the information that you gleaned on that intake call and then transpose it, you're saving time for everyone if you actually just sit down and take the time in the very beginning to be as thorough as possible. So you don't have the changes so you can respect the relationship. And I think ultimately we want efficient solutions for our clients and we want happy suppliers and clients. So the best way of doing that is gather the most information on that intake call. Be as thorough as possible, whether your DMC has 20 questions or not, be as thorough as possible on that initial outreach. And then be as thorough as possible. When you do get that itinerary back, be clear, concise in the feedback so that your DMC, your partner, whoever it is, knows how to adjust that itinerary again in an efficient way that gets to a faster result and a better yeah. result.
2: And, and turnaround times, it affects turnaround times. So in, the, in when we're really busy, even when we're slow, it might not be 20 questions. It might be six questions because we might already have a lot of the information from the initial email. But the questions are not, it's not a personality exam or a test. It's it's just to find out where have they been before, what type of room types, what are the children's ages, you know, what are they into? Any one particular answer might twist our minds to going a different direction than what we originally thought. Any of that kind of stuff, The the information, I won't say overload, but all of that information that we get... It does affect the turnaround time. If we have to wait two or three days for you to answer the questions, then that's another week lost because we don't work on a Friday. If you have all of your ducks in a row, we got one this morning from an agent. And I'll tell you, the information we got about these people was mind boggling. It was so perfect. The team is now working on the itinerary. They didn't have to I go back to asking more questions. I hope this is a
0: client. I hope this is a client of Teak where they used our proposal template because that would that would be the cherry on top. I'm just going to go ahead and say, if it's from our supplier bundle, it's probably pretty dang good.
2: (laughs) Well, if if it is, I I read it this morning and I won't say yes or no, but uh, it was what we would love for all of our agents to give us. Now, that said, many agents don't know that information yet, but there is the other side of the coin where we ask the questions and a week later, they come back and they say, they don't even answer the questions. They just say, yeah, they want to arrive on the 14th instead of the 15th and they ignore everything else. You know what? That's going to happen to that itinerary. That's going to go to the bottom of the queue. Because we're just too busy to be
0: messing around reading, with half information. Uh, messing around
2: with that, yeah. So it's just the way you have to give more time to the people who are giving you the time and they're serious about what their clients are looking for and they want to get this book. So that's all I'll say about that.
0: Thank uh, you so yeah. much. Yeah. This was amazing. <laughs> your approach to business and the pride in your country is what has made Craft in Ireland a respected and revered partner in the industry. We're so happy that you were able to take the time to share about destination management companies as a whole, as well as Crafted Ireland, so that advisors can understand more about this specific aspect of the industry. Thank you to our listeners for joining another TikToks episode. If you are loving our content, we'd love and appreciate your support and feedback. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so that you'll never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there please leave us a rating and review. We would appreciate it so much, just like those star ratings that Crowher mentioned.
1: We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of Teak Talk.
0: If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode.
1: In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year.
0: Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing.
1: Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.